0: Get out of the way, arachnophobia. Jump off that building, fear of heights. No one's afraid of you guys anymore. The number one fear in America right now is transmorphing, Turning into things against your will. You're like, Jason, seriously, the only person who has this fear, why do you always bring this up? Well, today we're going to talk about four stories involving people who have been shifted into things, other people, monsters against their will. And yes, it's an interactive episode. It's Morphin Time, today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day, too. I hope you guys had a great weekend. I hope you guys had a lot of fun. We're going to go ahead and get started here because we got a ton of stuff to cover. It's basically all the same versions of the same story, but they're spooky. This is spooky. I guess I should give a little bit of an introduction about why I think this stuff's so spooky. But first off, coming into Dead Rabbit Command is one of our legacy Patreon supporters, Someone who changes into many things, but he's always my friend. Give it up for Piddle Poo. Woo, yeah, yeah. Come on in, Piddle Poo. Come on in, buddy. He's actually an old friend of mine back from my Sacramento days. Piddle Poo, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, I totally get it. Just help spread the word about the show that really... Really helps out a lot. Now, Piddle let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Dead Rabbit Dirigible. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. We're going to fly all the way out to our first story, which takes place in Pennsylvania. Now, as we're flying out there, I want you to think of a number between 1 and 4. And you pick that number. Remember the number you picked. Write it down if you have a bad memory. Put it on your hand. One through four, and that is going to be the number that will decide your fate in this transmorphine challenge. I have this irrational fear of turning into stuff against my will, and it can be all sorts of things. I could be turned into a tree. Uh, like <laughs> There's no way you could be turned into a tree. I know, but it's still spooky. Like, imagine if I turned into a tree and, like, my face is sticking out, and then, like, as I got older, like, more and more bark is covering up my face, so now I can't even see... Before I could at least look out into the forest in front of me, but now I'm just looking through the forest through this tree. That's spooky, right? And then I, I think that's scary. And then I remember once hearing about this old urban legend about this dude, who's I should have this a number. not have made this one a number. If you pick number five, this happens to you. I remember hearing this old urban legend about this guy him and his wife are vacationing in a foreign country and his wife goes missing and he can't find her anywhere and he's like contacting the authorities and there's this huge search for her but they never find his wife and so he goes back to his home country a broken man and then after a couple years he goes i need a vacation a vacation back to that country where my wife disappeared so he goes to this Back to the country. It's, all, it's a universal urban legend, so it always changes where these stories take place. But he goes back to this country, and he's walking around, and he sees a tent labeled Freak Show. He's like, you know what? That'll, that'll really cheer me up. I'm down in the doldrums watching, watching someone else suffer. Always cheers me up. He goes into the Freak Show, and there he sees a woman whose limbs have been chopped off and like her bones have been broken and then rehealed in like this really animalistic way. And she's like digging through the dirt and like she's been lobotomized and she just has this glazed look on her eye and she's eating like worms that people are throwing at her. He he brought his own worms. He's like, oh, I love going to the freak show. Better stop by the bait shop first. He's throwing worms at this woman and then she turns and she looks and it's his wife. And so the idea was that she was kidnapped and then they severely beat her and traumatized her and broke her bones because they needed a new attraction for The Freak Show. That story terrified me. And just to put it into perspective, (laughs) the first time I heard that story, I was 17 years old. I was like, ew! Being transformed into a beast, right? Turning into something against your will. I find it absolutely terrifying. And for whatever reason, I have this irrational fear of this. For whatever reason, I'll just be watching a random movie and it'll pop up. It'll be like Top Gun, Top Gun Maverick and the ending when they're like, Top Gun, you sure did a good job fighting those dudes. And he's like, thank you, but I guess it's time to retire. And the military's like, "Uh uh-uh. And they start turning him into a jet. He's like, no, no. And then the ending, he's like painted on the side of a jet, like a 1950s bombshell model. (laughs) I love that movie. Top Gun Maverick was great. That would have made the movie even better because it's just so awesome. But anyway. And I, I always try to figure out the origin of it. I don't know, recent episodes I've said, I think it was from a Doctor Who episode where a man turned into a statue. But I think it's actually younger than that. I think it was something wicked this way comes. It was a Disney horror movie about people turning into, people make a deal with the devil and then the, de- the deal would be twisted and they would turn into these things. Going all the way up to movies like Wishmaster where you make a wish and this evil demon gives you the wish And he's constantly doing that to people. He's constantly turned... This one woman goes, I hope I'm beautiful forever. And he goes, as you wish it. She turns into a statue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My point is, I could literally do an entire podcast of just times I've seen people turned into things against their will. It terrifies me. Absolutely terrifies me. So I have four stories along that vein. And you've picked your number... We are ready to go. Pittlepoo land this dead rabbit dirigible in Lancaster County. Now, what is so interesting about this story? I have to keep double-checking, because I'm like, I might have done this before. I might have done this before, but I didn't. Let's go ahead and set this story up. Back on episode 318. did not that seem like a long time ago, dude? 318, the Amish first Bigfoot. Fairly short story. In 1973, these three Amish men saw a naked man running from a neighboring farm to their area. And they said he was covered in dark hair. He's like a Bigfoot-type character. And he was running over and he was yelling and jumping around. Bigfoot's running around their farm right there. That's a pretty cool story. But he was wearing a pair of tattered boxers. Like, boxer briefs. And that terrified me. Because I thought... What if a human turned into Bigfoot? We've actually covered that a couple times on this show. People who seem to be turning into Bigfoot. And that would be the only reason why Bigfoot would be wearing boxers. There's very few. There's more than one, but there's very few incidents of Bigfoot wearing clothes. So I remember reading that. And then to finish that story, the three Amish men, they run and they hide. And an elderly Amish woman comes out and she sees this Bigfoot wearing boxers, tattered, dirty boxers. And the Bigfoot creature sat down. And started with the sky. And then the three men came out of hiding and they went to go talk to him. And they said he just reeked of this rotting meat smell. And as they were trying to talk to him, he stood up and started to walk away. And then he faded into nothingness. Like, that's a dope Bigfoot story. That's a really, really cool Bigfoot story, right? I love coming across stuff like that and sharing it with you guys. So when we're back in Lancaster County, I had to pull that episode up. I was like... Is this the same story? Is it just another telling of it? But I believe this is a secondary story because this story takes place in 1979. We're still in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. It's August 1979. There's four Amish men working on this farm. They recently hired Jericho to hang out, help Brother Malachi build this barn. And then the other two guys, I don't know what their names are. But anyways, you have four Amish men working at this farm. And then all of a sudden, a naked hairy man starts jumping towards them be creepy enough if he was walking slowly but jumping there's something creepy about that right he was bouncing like a kangaroo boing 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 coming towards you tell me that would not be a hundred times more intimidating if you were walking down the street and a gangbanger came out and started jumping towards you like a kangaroo it would be way worse this one he had a uh, light colored hair they said it was kind of a sandy hair covering his entire body. It's the same thing. It's this Sasquatch-type creature. And he got within 100 feet of this quartet. These four Amish men have stopped working. This creature's gotten within 100 feet of them. And then one of them, Brother Malachi... These are made-up names, I don't know if they're actual names. But anyways, Malachi all of a sudden feels an electrical jolt shoot throughout his entire body. Oh! And everything hurts. Everything is stabbing him at once. And then he said it felt like there was something else inside of me. I could feel another presence in me, but not like a demonic possession. He goes, I actually could feel my thought patterns, my brain waves, my nervous system changing. I was morphing. <laughs> actually, use that word. I didn't actually use that word, but he was morphing. He was changing into something. And he goes to scream for help, trying to get his brothers to help him out. And he goes, And he realizes he can't speak English anymore. He's speaking in this bizarre guttural language. He's trying to ask for help, but he hears his own voice. And then the creature turns to Malachi and goes, begins speaking that same language. And Malachi doesn't know what he's saying, but the creature understood him. At that point, the brown-haired Sasquatch-esque monster took off running at superhuman speed. Into the nearby forest. And Malachi returned to normal. So the stories are different enough. When I was first, I was like, did I cover this already? (laughs) Did I cover this already? The creature description is different enough. It's it's almost a decade apart. Six years apart. And the first one, the dude just kind of faded away all peaceful. Looking up at the sky, contemplating existence. (laughs) This dude ran away. He's somehow infesting this dude. Almost like he's procreating. This is how these creatures form more creatures. And it's so interesting because, I mean, again, I'm covering these almost 600 episodes apart. So these stories have not been connected before this podcast, as far as I know. Because I read the first one, I think, on phantomsandmonsters.com, which is a great website. This other one I came across on ThinkAboutItDocs.com, just randomly looking through the year 1979. Each season I pick a year of ThinkAboutItDocs.com and just go through it. Sometimes I go through two years. And they got it from a book called America's Nightmare Monsters by Philip L. Reif. Absolutely terrifying, and it it connects to the first one, as in I thought this was a human who turned into a Bigfoot, and all of his clothes were rotting off. The last piece of his humanity was his tattered boxers. And this creature we see in 1979 appears to be a different creature. The fur, the hair is a different color. And he's bouncing more. The first one was kind of walking around. I know I said he was jumping, but it's more like jumping for joy because he saw some people. This one, he was actually, his main form of of transportation was hopping like a kangaroo. Terrifying though, right? Like, is this how these creatures replicate? They take over humans. Because if you think of the Bigfoot as some sort of interdimensional phenomenon, that would track. If it's, You know what I mean? Like, if they can hop through a portal, I think they can hop into you. that's how science works so if you picked the number three you are walking through Lancaster Pennsylvania right now humming a jaunty tune and you hear something in the bushes and then I'm not gonna repeat what just happened to this guy all this stuff happened to you You you're building a barn all of a sudden you're like what I'm Amish now too you're building a barn, and you feel this electrical jolt shoot through your body. Uh, you can feel your mind getting taken over. You can feel everything getting rewired, everything changing. Uh, and then the worst part, I think, your soul would still be the same. Like, if I turned into a monster, like the girl in the freak show we got lobotomized, like... i'm not saying it's okay if you break their brains but the thing of me being trapped in the tree becoming a tree is that if i remember that i'm jason i was like oh dude i could totally be watching deep space nine right now but instead i gotta watch all these squirrels like walk and stuff like that Uh." and when winter comes (laughs) nothing happens during the winter be super boring multiply that by 400 years as i'm just growing roots in the ground if i turned into a tree and didn't remember being Jason, and I always was a tree, I wouldn't really care, but you're a monster man, and you're like, oh, you're running around, and then you go home, you look at your watch, that's the only thing that didn't change, somehow your entire body transmorgified, and you're this giant monster, but you have one normal sized wrist, you look at your watch, you're like, I better get home, Uh, 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 and you run home you just fade away you just sit there and then you fade away and then your family's at home eating dinner then all of a sudden you fade into the living room and everyone's like totally freaked out And you're like talking in that annoying voice that i do and no one can understand you you just want a hug but they're running away from you you're like and then you go to del taco and you get some burritos and stuff like that and then you're just walking through the street and no one can understand you you're a big old monster and actually going to del taco would be totally fine right going to del taco would be awesome but people would be trying to kill you and you would constantly be having to make the decision maybe if i let that a&e bigfoot show hunting bigfoot shoot me then this torment will be over the darkness that i've been trapped in this prison of this giant body you <laughs> like, Jason, I really think you're missing the plot on this one. You've become like an eight-foot-tall, hairy monster man. I guess I don't think you would be walking all alone from a Del Taco eating a cup of fries... You probably should, like, join the military or become a professional wrestler. You go to the WWE, and you're, like, picking people up, and you're throwing them down and stuff like that. And that's just for the interview. You haven't even gotten into the ring yet. You're breaking people's backs. Vince McMahon's all, you're hired. And then you, I guess you could probably do some cool stuff as a Bigfoot. You could probably, like, meet some hot girls and they turn them into monsters and stuff like that. I'm really into you, literally. And then you start sending jolts through their body and their personality starts changing. Now you got all these hairy women following you around, but you're into that now because you're also super hairy. I guess you could probably make the best of it if you turned into a monster man. You could probably make a better life in modern day America than you could in the 1970s in Lancaster County because it's just a bunch of Amish people, right? You have all the butter you want, But other than that, there's not much to do. But nowadays, you can get your own reality show being Bigfoot on the Discovery Channel. And it's just you sitting around, you're constantly turning the cast and the crew into Bigfoots. They're like, listen, the show has really good ratings, but you've transmortified the entire camera crew. This stuff isn't set up to be held by an eight-foot-tall monster. So if you picked number three, I think you got off pretty lightly. I mean, it is my worst fear of all time, but... Out of the other stories we're going to cover, that one was probably the the one you could probably make the best living out of if you actually turn it into some sort of money-making venture. Piddle Poo, let's go ahead and put you on the bunny bicycle we're going to leave behind Lancaster County. We're going to ride all the way out to Portugal. (laughs) Pushing those pedals, getting all the way out there. We're leaving behind all the number threes. They're just monster men making millions of dollars now. But the rest of us are riding bicycles all the way down to Portugal. I found this story posted on the line. We don't have the name of the person who told it. We're going to go ahead and call him Johnny. But we do have a a pretty good time period. This was posted in May of 2022. And he said it just took place a couple of months before that. So fairly recent story. This one. Johnny said him and his buddies were out late one night drinking in the country of Portugal. They're walking around, they're drinking beers, and then it's time to go home. <laughs> they're like, I'm pretty sure my dad turned into a Bigfoot and he wants to talk to me about something. Hope like, oh, doesn't try turning me into a Bigfoot again. Johnny and his friends are walking home. They decide to take a shortcut down a dark alley. And they start walking down this alley and right when they're just into it, Johnny and his friends are standing there and they see at the other end of the alleyway, somebody standing there. And they can't really see much. It just looks like this human, right? You're not automatically thinking it's going to be something bizarre. He said this person was probably about five feet tall and it was waddling back and forth. Back and forth. Now, not towards them. It's just kind of wandering and waddling in this small area that it's standing at, at the other end of the alleyway. And it's making these slurring noises. (laughs) He described it as, it sounded like a drunk man slurring his words. And they don't understand what this guy's saying. But he's just standing there, he's slurring his words. and, And really... He's blocking their path. So they got to get past this guy. This is supposed to be a shortcut. Now it's turning into a obstacle. And as the friends are trying to figure out, I mean, this is all happening so quickly, but as they're standing there and they're seeing this guy standing at the other end of this alleyway slurring his words, Johnny starts to realize that this this person, this person isn't just slurring their words. It sounds like, he goes, it's hard to describe it. It sounded like if you took a drunk, mumbling man and then pitched up the audio and then warped the speed back and forth. So we're going to put my audio editing skills to the test. It's making that noise. If, If I was able to edit it correctly, it was making that noise. Johnny's friend, they're all impatient, right? They're drunk as well. This group of friends is drunk as well. They're trying to get home. So Johnny's friend starts yelling at the person, get out of the way, get out of the way, man. We're trying to walk through this alley. And this thing isn't even talking to them. It's just muttering to itself. So the friend pulls out his phone and activates the flashlight and he starts walking towards the guy and he's going to kind of just like bully him out of the way. And as the friend starts walking towards him and he shines the flashlight on this bum, he sees... That this is not a human. But it might have been at one point. He said the first thing you notice is that when you saw this five foot tall figure, it looked like it had a big belly. It looked like it was quite overweight. But once the flashlight shone on it, he said the stomach was bifurcated. He said like you could see the top part came down and then there was like this groove in it. And then it had a bigger gut coming out of its torso, reaching all the way down to its knees. They also notice all of this stuff is that the person at the end of the alleyway might have a messed up stomach, right? But also it has hooves for hands, L- little hooves, and then slowly shine the flashlight up to this thing's face. It was a pig person. It was a person with a face of a pig. It didn't have like <laughs> it didn't have big pig ears. It wasn't an actual pig standing up. But the, it had like the head of a human, but the face of a pig. And while you, you figure maybe that's just a cryptid, right? Maybe that was just a cryptid that wandered into the city, wherever city they're at in Portugal. But what makes this a transmorphine story is its clothing. This pig man is standing at the edge of this alleyway. Johnny described it as it looked like he had collected clothes at random. So he had a cowboy hat, he had a shirt that didn't fit, and it was written in English. The, whatever was written on it was in English, so that was odd in and of itself. Because H- they're in Portugal, they have a shirt that has English writing on it, the cowboy hat. And the creature had a purse, a small purse over its shoulder. I actually don't know if it was game. I'm just trying to build a picture, because I don't obviously have a picture of this thing. It's making the slurring noise sound. And it now notices the group of people standing at the end of the alleyway. And the friend is much closer to this creature than they are. And when this pig person turns and looks at the friend, they notice that there's vomit, like dried vomit, staining this creature's face. And it begins to waddle towards the group of boys. Uh, uh, uh waddling towards them so these guys react in probably i would say legally (laughs) legally the most inappropriate way but realistically very appropriate they beat him up they found this creature from beyond reality and they jumped it it terrified him so much they all ran forward and they started punching it and then they the johnny goes this dude went down super fast like he thought because he was so big had so much mass to him You thought that because he had a cowboy hat? He was a rodeo boy? No, they said pretty much, (laughs) legally, legally, they should have left him alone. But pretty much one punch knocked this creature to the ground. And then they started kicking it on the ground. They began kicking it over and over again. (laughs) You'll see why this person didn't post their real name when telling the story. They began kicking this creature over and over again until it stopped moving. And kicked it a little bit more. And then as they were walking away from it, they kept looking back to make sure it wasn't getting up. It's possible that this person posted about a murder online, but what happens is they they leave the area because <laughs> the police are obviously going to be looking for these guys. They just beat somebody into a coma, if not killed them, or pig monster. I mean, it's still against the law. As they're leaving the scene, one of the friends holds up the purse. He grabbed the purse from this creature when it fell to the ground. Because, you know, all of this stuff is happening so quickly. All of this stuff is happening so quickly, but they still had no idea what it was. So the friend said, I took the purse, so maybe we could figure maybe we could figure out who he just murdered. And when they opened the purse up, it was completely empty. Except for a few kernels of corn. And Johnny said, honestly, it looked like someone was eating corn and then putting corn in their purse to save for later. So if you picked number two, you're walking through the city one day and you're like, I uh, looking at your watch, you're like, good thing I have a normal sized wrist and it didn't turn into a monster yet. You're walking through a street and you see like these street vendors. They have like these food carts and they're like, who wants a slice of pizza? Slice of pizza, $2. And you're like, I oh, no, I'm good with that. And then this other food cart comes up and they're like, meatballs, 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 $2 per meatball. And they're like, no, nah, I'm cool on that. And then you see... You turn a corner and you see someone selling an entire roasted pig. It has like this spike through it and everything and the apple in its mouth. And there's this old lady and she's turning the pig on the rack. And you're like, man, I really want to eat some roasted pig right now. And you go, hey, how much for a piece of roasted pig? And she goes, what? This isn't for sale. This is my front yard. And I'm cremating my favorite pig. This was my pet, Dolores. And she just died today. You're thinking, well, you know, that's sad. Your friend died. (laughs) But on the other hand, your friend smells really good. So then when the old lady goes inside to answer the phone, you're (laughs) sitting there for like three days waiting for someone to call her. You're waiting to make your move. You're like, does she not have any friends? How come no one's calling her? Finally, she gets a call from the local bridge club. It's time to play. You sneak in and you take a bite. Arr! Of this ro- this pig that's been roasting for three days. <laughs> You're just that hungry. You could have went back and got some pizza, but nope. You take a bite of this roasted pig. You eat a part of Dolores. And as you're, running away, as you're running away, because you have such horrible food poisoning, you're like, ah, oh, where's the nearest hospital? I didn't know Salmonella hit that quickly. I just took a bite two seconds ago. As you're running away, the old lady's yelling at you, you're cursed, you're cursed. And you're like, yeah, I know, I know. I'm basically evacuating my bowels as I'm running down the street. But that's not the curse. See, if you pick number two, you wake up the next day and you're like all sweaty and stuff, you're like, man, I was really, I probably shouldn't have eaten three-day-old pork. Probably shouldn't have done that. And then you get up out of bed, and you you go, man, that's weird. My bed is a lot bigger than it used to be. Like, it's taller. Because you don't realize now that you're only five feet tall. And then you're walking to your bathroom, and you're like, that's weird. (laughs) I don't look down at any part of your body at this point. You're just looking straight ahead. You're like, that's weird. I feel like I'm waddling a bit more than I usually do. I don't know. And then you walk into the bathroom and you don't look in the mirror. You like start brushing your teeth and you're like, that's weird. My tusks, my tusks are a lot sharper than they used to be. And then you look and you have hooves. You're a pig person. You're a pig person now. Now, I would argue being a pig person is far worse than being a Bigfoot. I don't think anyone would disagree with me on that. Maybe Bennett. Bennett is our official pig man, aficionado on this podcast. He sent me a list of all 50 states of pig man in each state. I'm still going through that list. Thanks, Bennett. It's a fun list. But what can you do economically wise as a pig person, right? You can go join the freak show. You could, I guess, probably we're going to weigh all these on how much money you can make being this monster. Bigfoot, you could you could rake it in, right? You could either make money officially, like being a pro wrestler or having a reality show, or you could just rob banks, right? But as a pig person, the only thing I can imagine you doing is joining a freak show, or like having sex with other pigs, like not pig people. Resorted to having sex to other pigs, and then you could sell the babies to a food company. Like, that's the only thing I can think of. You are basically selling your children to Oscar Meyer. You're like, kids, it's your first day of school. You got like 50 kids in the back of your car, and you take them down to the Oscar Meyer factory, and they're like, What, well, where are the desks, Dad? Where are all the books? And you're like just kicking them out one after the other. You're like, Oh, you'll find those books eventually. Look for the loudest machine covered in blood. That's where the library is. That's the only way I could think you could do it. But again, I don't even think this pig person knows what money is. This pig person is just collecting clothes from around town. And the reason why I think it's not just a cryptid, but a transmortified human, it was that it was still trying to retain some semblance of its humanity. That's why it was wearing the clothes. It might have even been wearing the clothes to kind of disguise itself, right? But... Turning into a pig person would be the worst because that's truly like a beast. At least Bigfoot can look up and enjoy the sun and fade away, just and kind of do cool stuff. The pig person, the pig person, one fight and it, it's probably dead. The next day, the garbage crew probably came out and they're like, what? Look at this corpse. Who murdered this poor pig person? And the other guy's like, don't worry about it, Marcus. Just throw it in the back like all the other trash. And you're like, I guess I guess the police don't need to be notified of this murder. And as you pick up this pig person's corpse and you throw it into the back of the garbage truck and it's covered in empty cup of noodle containers and there's some soy sauce spilling all over it from some leftover Chinese food. As you throw it into the back of the garbage truck, all of a sudden you get super hungry. You're like, "Hmm, I wonder if anyone will know. Oh. And you take a bite out of its giant belly. You go, nope. I think I got away with that, Scott. <laughs> and you start turning into a pig. So that is the pig person of Portugal. A crazy story about someone who got transformed. <laughs> we got two more. <laughs> like, come on, Jason. Come on. We got two more. I know this episode is going to run long. I don't get to do a lot of these multiple choice episodes. I really do enjoy them. Piddle poo. let's go ahead and give you the hair hang glider. We're leaving behind Portugal. We're going to glide all the way out to a small town in America. (sighs) I found the story online kind of same setup, right? We don't know the person's name. They posted it anonymously. We're going to go ahead and call this person Aaron. So Aaron, he's 13 years old and he's actually hanging out with his pops. His dad has a job in this small town. This isn't where he grew up, but he's traveling with his dad. His dad has some business in this small town. And that's why he's here. And he says, we're walking to a small town. And he, he's like, he has to emphasize, this is a small town. He goes, the entire place was just a couple streets. And there weren't a lot of people around. And it felt creepy. One, he's not familiar with the city, right? He's not familiar with the town. Also, he's 13 years old, so he doesn't have true control over his environment. But then the fact that you add on top of it, it seems to be abandoned. It's not really abandoned, but just there's no people kind of walking around the town. Leaves him with an eerie feeling. He, he compares it to being in the Twilight Zone. And his dad, while he's on this trip, he goes, oh, you know what I need to do? I need to buy a tie. I need to buy a tie. So he goes into a store to buy a tie. And Aaron's like, Dude, this trip's already super boring. I didn't think it could get any more boring. And now you're tie shopping? Dad, I'm going to hang out outside. And dad's like, yeah, sure, go ahead. You know, 13 years old, you're allowed to kind of wander around. So Aaron walks out of the store, and he's kind of looking up and down the street. It's just empty. Doesn't seem to be anything going on. Nothing of an interest to a 13-year-old boy. And he turns and he looks and there's an alleyway in between the store that his dad's at and the next building. He sees this alleyway and he sees a dumpster in the alleyway. And on the other side of the dumpster, he sees a pair of legs sticking out. Not like sticking out of the dumpster like there's a body in there, but as if someone is slumped against the wall on the other side of the dumpster. So he can't see anything about him. All Aaron can see is this figure's pants. Sitting down in this prone position. And he realizes something. He goes, that's a nice pair of pants. It's a nice pair of clean gray slacks. I don't think that's a hobo's pair of pants. I think there's a dead body on the other side of that dumpster. He's 13 years old and he's like, cool, cool There might be a dead body in this town. There's no one around. The place seems super sus.'" And I might find a murder victim. And he starts to walk over past the dumpster to see. Because he's curious, right? He wants to see if it's a dead body. He turns and he looks. And it's not a dead body. It's not a bum. It's a life-size, vinculatrist dummy. And when he says life-size, he goes, it's an adult-sized, vinculatrist dummy. He goes, I I come around the corner, and it's dressed in clothes. It's wearing these gray slacks. It's wearing a shirt, apparently. I don't think it had rippling abs. And it has a wooden head. When he goes, he posted a picture of a dummy. He goes, this is exactly what it looked like. It had the wooden eyes and the wooden jaw. And you could see where the jaw mechanism would allow it to go up and down. And it's just laying there, its head against the side of the dumpster like someone was throwing this away which would make sense right because these dolls are so creepy people buy it when they go yeah never mind I don't want to get haunted by this in the middle of the night throw it away so this life-size adult-sized male vanquilatrous dummy is leaning up against this dumpster kind of slouched on the ground and he goes I looked at its head and he goes very sunny the sun was penetrating through the alleyway it wasn't some spooky alleyway in Portugal late at night he goes I could clearly see that its face was wood. It's a ventriloquist dummy obviously, right? Has a wooden neck, wooden head, wooden eyes, wooden hair. And that is when Aaron kind of looks down looking over the dummy and looks down at its hands. And it has human hands. He said unmistakably human hands. He goes you could see the hair on it. The way the skin Was underneath the sunlight. The fingernails. All indicators that these were not wooden hands. This was real life human hands. And when he saw that it kind of took him aback. And he looked back up. He looked at the dummy straight in its face. And then the dummy looked back. He said I watched those dead wooden eyes turn. And stare directly at me. He ran out of the alleyway right when his dad was coming out of the store. And his dad was kind of startled. He's like, is everything okay? And Aaron goes, yeah, sure. Yeah, let's just get out of here. And dad's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> I got my tie, whatever you're doing. Did you murder someone back there? No, no, no. no. They went on their way. And he goes, listen, here's the thing. He, so he posted, he, this story happened when he was 13. We'll assume he's at least in his 20s by now. He goes, listen, I get it. That's impossible life-size vinculatress dummy sure those exist Jeff Dunham probably has one in his closet of you right now he's making dummies of people that's my new conspiracy theory he traps people's souls in those dolls he goes listen could have been a mask right could have been a guy in a mask but it didn't look like a mask he goes there were no seams to it there was nothing to it that would make me think it was a mask and he goes and it was wood the whole thing was wood All the way down to the neck that was visible to him. And I watched those eyes roll towards me. The hands were unmistakably human. The head was unmistakably that of a vinculatrist's dummy. Now, you could argue that, you know, I'm sure that there really are six foot tall vinculatrist dummies. I'm sure people have those. um, But they tend to have wooden hands as well. He goes, it had human hands. At an inquilitrus dummy's head, and the eyes moved and looked at me. They weren't human eyes. These wooden orbs with painted pupils on them went, you. Yep. So if you picked the number one, this is your fate. Not only are you turned into something against your will, but you're completely inanimate. You're really a monstrosity at that point. I mean, to be fair, the pig person was awful as well, but you were mobile. This person is laying against a dumpster, probably placed there, right? This story, a man slowly turning into a inquilitarist dummy. I mean, I, I, it almost boggles my mind about how scary that would be. One, you're losing all motor function. And did someone take him here and drop him off at the dumpster, knowing that by the time the garbage men will get there, he'll be all wooden? And someone will be like, "I ah, just throw him in the dumpster. <laughs> no eating him this time. Throw him in the dumpster and then you spend the rest of your life, you know, you're going to live multiple lives until all this wood is slowly rotted away at some dump somewhere. They take your wooden body and throw it in the dumpster and then you're put in some landfill and every day more and more trash is being piled on top of you and your wooden eyes are just staring at garbage. Until you can't even see that anymore. Until you're just in this blackness. Because there's tons of trash above you. And you can feel it. It may not be painful, but you can feel the sensation of the vermin eating your body. Chewing away at your wooden legs. Little termites crawling into your eyeballs. Slowly dissolving them. And the weather and time both team up. To whittle your body away into nothingness. And you better pray that when there's just a toothpick of your body left, that your soul has been released from this torment, right? That's terrifying. That's so creepy to me. So if you picked number one, that's you. You were turned into a vanquilatrous dummy against your will. Assuming you don't have some. Assuming you don't have some terrible fetish, you're like, oh, you're rewinding that part over and over again. You're like, yes, finally, someone talked about my dissolving fetish. You're turned into this puppet and you just slowly rot away over the course of 70 years as the garbage is piling up on top of you. Because there's nothing you can do, right? Just like at least the tree. I always use the tree example because it terrifies me. But, I mean, at least you could probably make friends with other trees and stuff like that. Maybe you shake your branches and scare some local campers. Maybe you love looking at squirrels. Maybe you love being in the outdoors. Nobody loves trash. Other than Templeton the rat, and he was a fictional character. You're just laying in trash. And that, honestly, I would argue might be your best case scenario as a marionette puppet. Because there's another option where someone sees you there and takes you home and actually starts using you as a marionette puppet. Right? Right? You're sitting in some kid's closet and they're like, Mom, Mom, I'm going to play that marionette game <laughs> that you and Dad really, really hate because it's creepy. And they're like, ah, why'd you bring that thing home, Jerry? And like the little boy sticks his hand up in your back and starts moving your mouth. And you're like, I'm your best friend. And he's like putting all these words in your mouth. You're like, I don't sound like that. I don't sound like a big old weirdo. He's making you watch Paw Patrol all day long. You're like, oh, I'd rather be in trash. Nick Jr., Ah, You're watching all this stuff. Like, you're <laughs> Pick your poison on that one but you have no recourse. And the fact that the transformation seems to be happening fairly slowly, right? Like parts of them are still human, makes me think that this is a torment. It'd be one thing to wake up tomorrow and all of a sudden I'm a cockroach. It'd be another thing for me to slowly turn into a cockroach over the course of about four months right you're trying to go to work and trying to be normal but you're constantly like throwing up on food and eating it and stuff like that the movie the fly that was another movie that terrified me like even the original vincent price thing having a human head and being on a fly oh and i think that's why zombies scare me so much because it's turning into something beyond your control so yeah, if you picked number one, you get to choose. It's either an entire lifetime of watching Nick Jr. and constantly being handed down from generation to generation through this family. Sure, the place is air-conditioned, but you're constantly having kids stick their arms up your back and making you say stuff, and you don't sound like that. Your voice does not sound like that. They're always doing the worst voices. Or rotting and trash. I think those are the only two... Possible options. I guess you could probably get a part in an rl Stein movie. You can be a stunt double, but other than that, you're pretty much boned. But we got one more to cover. This is for all you number fours out there. Piddle poo. Let's toss you the keys of the copter We're leaving behind this small town. We're traveling to a local playground. It's funny. All the stuff we talk about on the show, ghosts and aliens and UFOs. I've talked about it once or twice on this podcast. I believe that this type of phenomenon can happen, right? I'm not just a mainstream paranormal believer. I do believe in magic. I do believe in transmorgification. That might make me sound like an idiot. (laughs) You're saying, Jason, you really think a person could become a vinculatrous dummy? yes. Yes, I do think it's possible. Do I think it's likely? No. Do I think it's super rare? Yes. I think the chances of it ever happening to any of us is super rare. But if you pick any of these four numbers, it happened to you. I think that's why it disturbs me so much, especially this last story. Obviously, I've saved the most, for me, disturbing for last. We're in Florida. We're headed out to this preschool playground. Yay! Woo-hoo-hoo! Kids are running around, having fun, picking up sticks and throwing them at bugs. And just doing kid stuff, right? Learning about the world by throwing stuff at bugs. That's the way all children learn. And this guy who posted this, he didn't post his name. We're going to go ahead and call him Charlie, was playing with his friends. They're running around this playground. And as Charlie and his friends are playing, their attention is suddenly drawn towards the play structure. There is this jungle gym that is in the middle of the playground, and Charlie and his friends look over, and they notice that there's a crowd gathered around the jungle gym. And it wasn't that there was just a bunch of kids. A couple of the staff was there as well. There was a couple adults also gathered around the bottom of the jungle gym. The way he described the jungle gym, it was two stories. Not actually 20 feet up, but you had these support beams and a wall, and you had this kind of shaded area underneath the jungle gym that had Benches, wooden benches, the whole thing's made of wood. And he goes, and then when you get to the top, when you climb to the top of the jungle gym, there's a slide. But all of these adults and all these kids are gathered around the bottom of the play structure. And Charlie and his friends walk over there, and they see what everyone is looking at. Attached to the play structure, like if you tied it to one of the support beams... Is a domino mask. You know what that is? That's like the mask that Robin wears. It's like or Zorro. It's a black mask that sits on the face. It's usually attached with cloth. Nowadays, it's attached with like an elastic strap. A little cheap little Halloween one, but it's a domino mask, and it has the eye holes cut out so you can see out of it, and just attaches to your head. And he goes at the play structure. We see this domino mask, but this mask has eyes. Not fake eyes. Where the eye holes were, there was two human eyeballs staring out. And he goes, it's not like... The way he described it was the eyeballs are actually protruding from the mask. These masks, like the Zora mask, is always worn very tight to the face. But these eyeballs were actually kind of poking out of the mask. And they were moving back and forth. There's no other thing on this play structure that makes it look like there's a living entity anywhere. Except for this domino mask with these eyeballs that are quickly darting back and forth. And everyone's just staring at these, and the eyes are staring back. He can actually see the eyes, look down at the kids, and look up at the adults, then look at another kid, then look at another kid, and then look back up. And he goes, the eyeballs were protruding from the mask, and they were bloodshot. And the feeling he got from these eyes that they were in a state of panic. The way they moved, the way they physically looked, the bloodshot nature of them. It felt like these eyes were overcome by desperation. And he said, we all stood there for a couple minutes. You can't make sense of this, right? It's not fake, not robot eyes, not plastic eyes, not wooden eyes. There's no one disguised as a play structure. It's a domino mask attached to this play structure, and the eyeballs are moving back and forth rapidly as they're slightly protruding from this mask. How do you even rationalize that? He says we all kind of stood there for a couple of minutes and then the adults ushered us away back into class. He said he posted that story before, right? He, I, I read the second time he posted it. He said, I posted this before and I got some feedback and people said if that I, they they didn't believe the story, obviously, because it just doesn't make sense. And they go, if that story was true, then, you know, it would have been in the newspaper. And he goes, yeah, I guess so. But I know what I saw. He goes, you could probably think it was a dream or I was imagining, but it was such a lucid memory. I remember that. The skeptical answer saying it would have to be in the newspaper. No, it wouldn't. There's a lot of stuff that should be in the newspaper that isn't in the newspaper. And you could go, well, Jason, clearly, living eyes would be in the newspaper. But the thing is, is that who's going what adult there is going to risk their reputation? By calling the police because they saw a mask with human eyeballs looking at them. You're not touching the thing, right? You're going to leave it there. You're going to call the cops. I mean, you go, yes, Jason, you would obviously call the cops if you saw something this metaphysical. But then the cops show up, you go back out there, it's gone. You wouldn't stand out there by yourself, right? you would be like, hey, I want to call the cops. So I'm going to call the cops from here. And you're like waving goodbye <laughs> everybody as they're leaving you alone with this mask. I think the only thing you could do, and I think this is something that most people do, is they just walk away. We see that situation happen all the time. So what was this mystery mask? Well, if you picked number four, you're about to find out. Your eyeballs. <laughs> Actually, I don't know what else to say. Your, your set of eyeballs. I'm actually recording this ending. The audio quality probably sounds totally different. I'm recording this ending like four days. I'm having to batch a bunch of episodes because I have a trip coming up. I'm getting a bunch of episodes done. And I've been thinking for the past four days, how do I end the episode? You're just a set of eyes. You can't make any money being eyeballs, right? You're just a mask. It's terrifying, though, right? You figure what's coming. You're like, let me guess. Jason's going to spend four days and he'll come up with, it's spooky, I mean, think about it this way. Think about it this way. The way I look at it. You can't make any money doing it. And, like, if you were a mouth, at least you could get the enjoyment of, like, eating things, right? (laughs) This little mouth, that's so scary. This little mouth, like, imagine you were, I was thinking if it was crawling around, you'd be tasting the dirt the whole time just to get to a yummy cheeseburger. Let's give you this. At least you're, like, a floating mouth. You're, like, the mouth at the height of a human, so it's like you're floating around about five feet and you're going, nom, nom, nom. That'd be pretty dope because you could taste stuff. You're like waiting for all the fast food workers to leave. You're all, hee, 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 and you're sneaking in, swimming in the milkshake machine. That'd be dope. I would be, just so we're clear, universe, if you want to turn me into just a mouth, I can make that work. But eyeballs? That'd be the worst, Man. Like, even if you were a floating pair of eyes, you would just be able to see stuff all the time. And it wouldn't even be like, well, I'm just floating eyeballs. I'm going to, like, float into some sexy woman's house. <laughs> Basically, now you're just a super villain. But then what? You see, like, a sexy lady. You have no other parts to you. are like, oh, I'm just a pair of eyeballs. <laughs> They're going, oh, okay. they keep bouncing around. Oh, okay. maybe you could go and look at a bunch of money and they could go, ka-ching, and they turn into little dollar signs. But other than that, you're just a pair. And this dude's not floating around. This guy doesn't even have the ability that I made up to float around. He's attached to a play structure. You know what's interesting? I was over the past four days as I was trying to figure out how to finish this. I go, I don't know if they actually said it was tied to the play structure. It was just out of play structure. I don't think it was going down the slide. It's all wee. It might have been laying on a bench. It might have been wrapped around a pole. It really doesn't matter what it's attached to or if it's not it's a domino mask with eyeballs poking out of it and they're panicked again if the eyeballs were like looked like they were a little stoned or they were enjoying a nice sunny day i wouldn't be so scared but they're panicked like whatever happened to this dude to turn him into a mask it's not good so if you if you pick that number i don't remember what number it was it's so long ago i recorded the rest of that episode if you pick that number this is you. You're just a dude walking down the street one day, and you're like, "Oh man, this is totally awesome." But then you go, you know what? It's like all the beautiful sights of the world. Like, if I want to see a kitten, I like look down, and if I want to see a kite, I look up, and if I want to see an ice cream, I look over there where the ice cream stand is. I wish I could see everything. <laughs> the Wishmaster, the Wishmaster standing behind you, and he goes, "As you wish it." And then all of a sudden, you're just these eyeballs and you take in every wonder of the known universe at once. You see dying stars and black holes being born. You see alien civilizations on the edge of the galaxy crumbling while new ones start. Across the universe, you're experiencing everything. You literally see everything in one moment. (laughs) Now you're super bored. Now you're just a pair of eyeballs at a preschool. You're like, oh man, I have infinite wisdom, but I have no mouth to share it with or no brain to process it. I've been everywhere across all knowable reality (laughs) <laughs> at a preschool now you're a big old pervert <laughs> after you saw all the wonders of the universe you're like ah let's go see what those preschoolers are up to you weirdo so anyways now you're just chilling now you're just chilling out of preschool and a bunch of kids walk up and they get a couple of adults and they're all just staring at you and now you're just staring back you know all you've seen all but you can't do anything with that information. You can't do anything with that knowledge. You're just a pair of eyeballs staring out from a mask. Forever. 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 Was that any was good enough to take four days to come up with? And I didn't even come up with it. When I sat down to record, I was like, oh, I hope something comes out that's semi-intelligible and kind of entertaining. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash Dead Rabbit Radio. TikTok is at Dead Rabbit Radio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal, conspiracy, and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm so glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.